सो वी आर डूइंग चैप्टर थर्टी सिक्स साई सचरित साइज ऑल परवेसिवनेस एंड फुलफिलमेंट ऑफ हिज ब्लेसिंग माई ओबिशंस टू श्री गणेश टू श्री सरस्वती टू श्री गुरु महाराज टू द फैमिली डेटी टू श्री सीता रामचंद्र माई मोस्ट हम्बल ओबिशंस आई बाव इन रेफरेंस टू द मोस्ट वेनरेबल गुरु श्री साईनाथ टू पिकअप द थ्रेड्स फ्रॉम द प्रीवियस चैप्टर नरेशन इज फैसिनेटिंग टेल इज ऑफ अ थेफ्ट वॉज ना विल ना फॉलो विच आई हैड प्रोमिस लिसन टू इट अटेंटिवली This is not just a story, but the water of self-joy, which on drinking will only increase your thirst for more. To quench which, another story will then be related. So, absorbing in this story, that the listeners will be delighted listening to it. It will remove the exhaustion, the sorrow of worldly life, and will bring a state of happiness and peace. The fortunate man who really wishes to attain his own good should always res- listen respectfully to the narration of Sai stories. So boundless is the power of the saints that no one can truly describe it. What then of my meagre capacity? And of this I am fully aware. But even the little ego of the narrator is enough for Sai, who in his ingenuity uses anyone to describe his excellent qualities for the benefit of the devotees. He is indeed that swan swimming in the lake that is God, who is not merely absorbed in the state of soham, but is eager to feed on the pearls that is Brahma and is very daring. so just for understanding i'll just explain the last line to you a swan a swan is a bird which has got a very peculiar qualities what does it do you know it takes uh, suppose you give it milk to drink there is in in its mouth there is a particular kind of an acid which it throws out in the milk the moment it comes out of that mouth and falls into the milk the milk becomes coagulated it becomes like a like a, you know paneer so all the water is separated and the pure milk that is milk is only the coagulated pour portion of it that is all that is left so it takes that and eats it so human beings are these kind of people those who can have the capacity to do this the saints use this capacity we don't use it normal human beings don't use it so what are we supposed to take only the pure milk satwa satwa as we call it satwa means the purity in it we are supposed to take so what we do is we separate the milk and the water the water is not important in that so throw the water out and only take the milk so these kind of saints these kind of saints who do this are called param hamsa hamsa means a swan param paramatma ke jaise param hamsa the supreme divine so these are the swans so human beings are like the swans we are swimming in this lake called god we are absorbed in the word called soham soham hamso these are two words which you should always know soham is breathe in and breathe out we do this two japas every time soham hamso soham hamso like that you know breathe in breathe out so it is a soham so hum hum so see this it's a reverse of it so we do these two actions on a continuous basis by means of what is the meaning of the word so hum it means i am that i am that i am that that i am i am that that i am hum so is that i am got it so the body is doing a constant japa called soham hamso this is what it is so now let us move ahead who though 
without a name or a place enjoys unlimited glory and with the power of one glance can transform a pauper into a wealthy man he is that brahmanya brahmanyana incarnate who himself having experienced it brings people a perception of god in a vision and brings about various incidents himself remaining completely out of everything this is something which is for us to look into what is that in our world only the divine consciousness when it comes in the form of a sage or a guru or a sadguru what they do is they are not only teaching you the things but experiences are happening on a continuous basis if you ask every individual who is sitting over here with me just now think about it you will find that in the entire one hour of satsang that we are doing there are number of answers that you all are getting and the answers are related to the questions that have come in your mind at that point in time and do you really think that the sage or whoever is answering to you is actually involved in the process no he is beyond that the answers are coming because like remember their mind is at the feet of the lord so the lord is working through them to give you the answers so where is the question of they working with you do you get this point did you understand so this is how the whole system works so you will find that your answers are there you get experiences you get dreams you get some understanding so the same thing which you might have done maybe a month ago and today if you are doing the same thing you have discriminative powers you can see the same thing done in a different way you know the same action you are doing one month ago you had done one action at that time you must have got so frustrated you want to pull your hair out now today you are doing the same action and yet you can stand outside yourself and smile at yourself acha yehi mai karta hu you know how funny it is we are able to see the whole thing in a different manner and you will be amazed at the change which has come about and this is what these sages do they give you this experience but you do not understand it till you actually learn to discriminate you will learn this you will understand these are the changes that happen in your world now now you will understand why is it so important for us to keep track on this you know at least read one page at least per day or maybe keep the feet and you know keep our mind at the feet of the lord what happened see we are all going to do what we are going to do let me let us put it this way because destiny is destined isn't it so if we have to slap somebody that slap is anyway going to happen there is no choice in that but when you are slapping you are not going to say maine kiya maine galat kiya maine galat kiya every time you keep on blaming yourself i did the wrong thing why should i do this i should not that is your ego coming in the way but you you leave yourself at the feet of the lord and let whatever has to happen happen you are never going to blame anybody in this world after that again you got the point after this you will stop blaming anybody even if somebody comes and says 100 galis to you no you can look at that person and smile to yourself not to that person that person will get more infuriated otherwise you just imagine somebody is coming to ulluk patta to idiot hai you know that person will give you he is going to get more angry no what you are going to do is in your own mind you can see the futility of it all futility और सामने तुमको गाली दे रहा है और तुम उसको देख के है ना एंड सबसे बड़ी बात इन दिस इज अ वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट थिंग अगेन लेट मी टेल यू 
if even if i am not in the wrong even if i am not in the wrong there is no harm in saying sorry you know why even if you are not in the wrong if you if you say sorry what happens is you feel nice about it your ego doesn't rise your ego doesn't rise at all the other person is anyway going to say why is he saying sorry uska ego badega dekh mai bol raha tha na sahi hai iske liye wo sorry bol raha hai his ego rises that other person's ego rises like nobody's business in your world you are becoming calmer and that person is becoming agitated it's like you know shakuni maharaj shakuni you know shakuni and you know uh, the two guys durjasan and duryodhan for no rhyme or reason their ego was getting more and more what krishna is laughing at him and he is just looking hmm, you want acha you want me to come and fight from your side first i have to give him a choice okay okay so what is the choice you want my army or you want me nihatta i am not even going to lift my my sword okay so naturally what is the answer i want your army not you because you are you are not even going to lift your bow and arrow what am i to do with you see ahankara rises in that other person in you you are like krishna you can see the futility he is an idiot he doesn't understand mai khali udhar khada rahega to pura mahabharat udhar end hoega the end understand so this is the strength that you get in that sorry it doesn't matter to you because you know what is the lie and what is the truth over there everything is false in this world the whole world is maya creation okay maya bazaar as we call it and even if somebody is saying something to you and you are saying sorry what difference does it make doesn't matter to you it's just a word like padma has written it's just a mere word saying sorry tum kisi chote baap ke nahi hote ho samajh mein aaya hindi mein bol raha hu got it so so where were we 9 10 okay okay so <clears throat> is that is that the one 9 10 no he plans Yeah, he plans innumerable marvelous events and appears in different guises to those on whom he bestows his grace. Listen to the proverb: those who try to comprehend him by meditating upon him and sing his praises are looked up after by him completely. All their wants thus removed, he is fond of his own stories. Hence, making an excuse for the listeners and the narrators, he fulfills the wishes of the devotee by reminding me all the time. Now, what does he say? See this line. He says he is fond of his own stories. Now tell me something. You uh, you know the suktams which we which we keep on singing all the time. In all the pujas they say all the suktams and all, all the prayers that are there, all the songs that are there. What are they? But nothing but just praises to him, isn't it? You are so beautiful. You are so kind. You are like this. You are like that. <laughs> we are just praising, are we not? So the Lord feels nice when you keep on praising. Even like a normal human being, if somebody comes and says, "Oh, your sari looks so nice," oh. and you feel so nice about it it is exactly the same thing the moment you praise the lord he also feels nice about it so praising him he telling his stories you know the lord is such a great one actually we should do it with heart okay not not falsely praising him we should do it with goodness in our heart so when we sing the songs with goodness in our heart it definitely creates a very good vibe we are one with the lord so that is the re- reason why stories are important songs in his praises praises everything is a praise remember we are praising the lord 
He who has renounced his worldly life is constantly, with all his mind and heart, engaged in the highest end of a man, that is enjoyment of the divine nature, and has one over him, holds a disc in his hands, that is Sri Vishnu, and he has uplifted innumerable creatures. He who is worshipped in and outside of this country, and the banner on whose devotion flies high, he calls to himself the meek and the poor, fulfilling the wishes of all. But now listen respectfully to the most sacred Sai Charitra. May the end ears of the listeners and the mouth of the speaker be purified. Once two gentlemen from Goa, Gomantak, came for Sai's darshan and delighted by the darshan both were engrossed at his feet. Though they both came together, Sai asked only one of them for Dakshana saying, Give me 15 rupees, which he gave most happily. Though he did not ask the other for anything, he on his own offered rupees 35, which Sai promptly refused to his great astonishment. On that occasion, Madhura was present too and seeing such differentiation, just listened to what he asked Sai. Baba, how can you do such a thing? When two friends have come together, you ask for Dakshina from one and when the other offers you on his own, you return it. How can the saint differentiate thus? Of your own will, you ask Dakshina from one and return it when somebody gives you voluntarily much to his disappointment. You like to accept the smaller amount but show detachment towards the larger amount. Had I had been in your position, I would not have behaved in this way. Who is saying these words? Madhavarav is telling the sage, Why are you doing this bhedbhav? 15 rupees accept kiya, baki ka kyun nahi kar rahe? Okay. Shama, you do not understand. I for one never take anything from anyone. Even if he is taking Dakshana, remember he is not taking anything from anybody. What he is doing is completely reversed. I told, I have been telling you. It is the karma that is being eliminated over there. But to understand that is the very tough thing at that point in time. So, now let us see how this is being done over here. It is the presiding goddess of this Masjid Mai who asks for her dues by paying which the giver is freed from all the debts. Debts means karma. Okay? Do I have the house or a family that I should require this wealth? I am in every way free from all care. But debt Enmity and murder are such that the doer can never escape from. See, debt, enmity, murder, all these things are nothing but karma. So you have to pay back. Whatever you have taken, you have to pay back. It is always, the payback is always there. Okay. You may make vows before goddess when in need, but I have to take the trouble to free you from them. So you might have taken some vow. I want to give 15 rupees to this goddess. So, it is the sage's job to remove that thing from you. So, he, what he does, he takes, he tells you, give me so much. Okay. <clears throat> you have not a care in this world about it. Afterwards, though, at the time of need, you beseech abjectly. Truly, I am always pleased with him among my devotees who has no debt to repay. Initially, the man was poor. He took a vow that if he earned 15 rupees, he would offer his first salary to God. But later he forgot all about it. 15 rupees became 30, 30 became 60, 60, 100 and as his salary doubled and increased 4 times, his forgetfulness also increased. In the course of time, he began earning 700 rupees when by a wonderful concurrence, the, that is the destiny and one's good work, he has come here today. Good work, that means sattvic activities that he was doing. Destiny, that which brings us to that place. Remember, the sage's job is to move you towards sattva, from tamas to rajas to sattva, isn't it? So, even in your world, when you start moving towards sattva, what happens? You are brought to this point. He has come here today and so I asked him for my 15 rupees under the pretext of dakshana. 
Now listen to the second story. Once I was wandering along the sea coast, I came across a huge mansion. So I sat down on the veranda. The master of that mansion was a wealthy Brahmin of eminent descent. He welcomed me cordially, offering me food and drink in plenty. Thereafter, in that place, near an inbuilt cupboard in the wall, he gave me a clean, comfortable place to sleep, and I fell asleep. Seeing that I was fast asleep, he broke open the wall by sliding a stone slab, and without my knowledge, he cut my pocket, depriving me totally of everything. On waking up, when I realized this, I suddenly burst into tears, for I had lost thirty thousand rupees. My mind was extremely agitated and filled with regrets. The money was all in banknotes, and at the shock of this sudden loss, my heart received a jolt. The Brahmin, on the other hand, began to console me. I could not relish food or water. For fifteen days, I sat dazed on the veranda in the same place, in the most pitiable condition. At the close of the fifteenth day, a fakir wandering on the road pronounced spiritual conundrums aloud. Suddenly, came over there and saw me weeping. He asked me the reason for my sorrow. I told him everything in detail. He said. If you will do as I tell you, all your troubles will end. I will tell you about a fakir, his place of habitation, etc. You surrender to him wholeheartedly, and he will give you back your wealth. But until you give what you want, you must follow one discipline that I prescribe: give up an item of food that you are very fond of, and by doing so, you will accomplish your objective. By following these instructions, I met the fakir, and I got back my money. I then left the mansion and went along the sea coast as before. Walking along in this manner, eventually I found a boat, but I could not gain entry on it. Suddenly, a good-natured sepoy found me on a boat in the place on the boat. The wind being favorable, the boat reached the other shore in time. I then sat in a tonga and came home, and these eyes saw this masjid mai. What is this story? Baba is just telling one story to Madhavra. He is just telling him a story, random. Now think, what this story has importance or no? We will come to know very soon. Baba's story ended here. Shama was then commanded to take the guest home and feed them. Food was served, and as they sat down for the meal, Madhavra's curiosity was aroused. He asked the guest, "Were you quite convinced of the story of Baba related? If you consider the facts, Sai Baba has settled down here. He has not known ever the sea, the boat, or the sepoy. He has never gone out of Shirdi. Okay? Oh, what Brahmin and what mansion? All his life has been spent at the foot of a tree." From whence came the wealth that he thief robbed? Therefore, this must have been an incident related to you, that took place in the past, which he narrated, and he began it as soon as you came, so that you may recognize it. Choked with emotion, the guest said, "Sai is all-knowing God, incarnate, who is free from the pair of duality, is one with God, indivisible and all-pervasive." The story he narrated just now is our very own story, letter to letter. Come as soon as this feast is over, we shall tell you everything in detail. Whatever Baba said had all taken place. How did he know all this when he does not even know us? Hence, all this has very is very strange. The meal over, while chewing pan with Madhav Rao, the narration began. One of them said, "My original place is the Ghats, that is the mountainous range in Sayadris. But there must have been some connection with the coastline as far as my livelihood was concerned. For this reason, I went to Goa, Gomantak, in search of a job." Very respectfully, I had prayed and vowed to Lord Dattatreya for my purpose. I had bowed at his feet and prayed, "O oh God, a job is a necessity for me to support my family. Please be gracious and give me one. If you will keep your promise within a short while from today, I shall offer to you all that I earn in the first month." Fortunately, Lord Dattatreya was pleased to grant my wishes very shortly. Thereafter, and I started earning fifteen rupees in the beginning. 
Soon I got promotions, exactly as Sai Baba had described. However, the memory of my vow was completely obliterated from my mind. Hence, I was reminded of it this way. Someone may think that he had taken Dakshana from me. It was not Dakshana, but only a payment of my debt. And under the pretext, I am reminded of an old vow now. In short, Sai did not expect money, nor does he allow his devotees to beg for it. For he always looks upon money as a calamity and saved the devotees from his temptation. A devotee like Mahalsapati, who was forever absorbed at his feet, ached out living with great difficulty. But Sai never permitted him to collect wealth even in the slightest measure. Often Sai himself distributed to the people the money that came to him as Dakshana. But never once did he give even a price to Mahalsapati who was financially in distress. And Mahalsapati too was so self-respecting that in spite of Sai's great generosity, he never spread his palm before Sai in entry. His financial condition was so low but his renunciation was of the highest order. Always satisfied with the little that he had, he bore the tribulation of poverty most valiantly. Once a kind-hearted merchant, Hansraj by name, felt like giving something to Mahalsapati. On seeing his abject poverty, a kind thought naturally arose in the mind to offer him any help that he could. But though such a condition, Sainath did not approve of anyone else offering him help either. He only encouraged in the devotee a disinterest in wealth. So what is the what did the merchant did was, in the presence of both Baba and Mahalsapati, he put some money in Mahalsapati's hand out of compassion when they were in Baba's darbar. With great humility, Mahalsapati gave the money back, saying, Without Sai's permission, I cannot accept it. Here was a selfless loving devotee who had hankered not after money but after spirituality and who had surrendered his body and soul at Sai's feet. So Hansraj entreated Sai for permission. But Sai would not allow him to touch even a pice and said, Money will not tempt my devotee. He will never get caught in the splendor of wealth. Now the second guest began. Let's see, let, let me give you an explanation on this. Sometimes it so happens that you know money is actually a root cause of certain ills in our world. So during our previous life or the life before that, whenever the sage was there in our life, what has happened is we have taken a vow at that point in time that can you please take me out of this problem where you know so much of greed and so much of things must have happened to me. So I don't want you to put me in place where wealth will be given to me. So at that point in time, they are promised that in the next life or the next or whenever they are going to meet, that they will be given sufficient enough to eat their food, but not more than that. So sometimes the work has been put in such a way, just like Mahalsapati. There are certain people in this world who, even if they try the, the most, things are not going to work the way they might visualize today. But every need and every want of theirs, which is legitimate in nature will be provided to them. Please understand this. The legitimate needs and the wants and the desires will be given to that person. Nothing extra will be given. So you will understand why Mahasapati is not given more than what he is. It's not that Mahasapati can't work and he can't get money and all that stuff. It's not that he can't do that. But when you are under the able guidance of that kind of a guru like Sai Baba, he always ensures that you do not fall into the trap it's a trap because if you keep on accepting, we can keep on taking money and stuff like that. You are going to get into further greed and greed and greed and greed. Please understand if you if you think that you you, are, you earn 100, you are not going to ask for 200. Sorry, you are going to ask for 200, then 400, then 600. It goes on. The greed goes on and greed will lead you to further and further karmas in your world. 
So what the what the sage does is he cuts off that karma in such a way very very beautifully it is going to happen. You won't even understand this. That is what happened with Mahasapati. So so Hansraj entreated Sai for permission, but Sai would not allow him to touch even a pie and said, "Money will not tempt my devotee. He will never get caught in the splendor of wealth." Now that the second guest began. Even I had recognized my mark. Listen, I shall tell you everything. Listening to it, you will derive much pleasure. A Brahmin had been in my service for 35 years. He was diligent and completely trustworthy. Unfortunately, his good sense betrayed him and he took away my money. In the wall of my house, there was an inbuilt cupboard. He lightly, slightly slid the stones and made a hole without anyone knowing it. He made a hole in the same cupboard that Baba mentioned. For that purpose, he moved the stone on the wall when everybody was sleeping. And then again, Baba mentioned my money was stolen, which is absolutely true. A bundle of notes was robbed. And its value was exactly 30,000. I do not know how Baba knew all this. But when my hard-earned money was thus gone, I sat weeping day and night. Searching for it, my mind was totally exhausted. I just did not know what to do. For 15 days, I sat caught up in the whirlpool of worry and anxiety and from which I could not extricate myself. One day, while I sat in the veranda, saddened at heart, a fakir came walking up the road, putting questions aloud. Seeing my sad face, he asked me the reason for my sadness. When I told him everything, he suggested a remedy for removing it. In the Kopargao Taluka, a village named Shirdi, lives Sai Aulia. To him you pray and make a vow. You give up eating something that you are very fond of and say to him, I give up until I get your darshan. When the fakir told me this, I gave up food without a moment's delay saying, Baba, when my stolen wealth is regained and I have your darshan, only then will I take the food. After that, just as a fortnight passed, God knows when the Brahmin thought, but he came to me on his own and gave me back my money. My intellect betrayed me, he said, and hence such a deed was committed. And now I placed my head on your feet. Do say, I forgive you. All went well thereafter. I felt a fond desire for Sai's darshan, and that wish too had been fulfilled today. Blessed, blessed is my good fortune. But he who came to console me as I sat dejected in the distress of my veranda, him I had not met again. He who had such a sincere heartfelt concern for me and told me about Sai, pointing his finger towards Shirdi, him I have not set eyes again on. He whom I had met so unexpectedly as he came pronouncing questions aloud, who ultimately made me take a vow, him I have not seen again. Truly, Sai the Aulia of yours seems to be that same Fakir. He was himself eager to give us a darshan. For the fulfillment of their wishes, people wish for a saint's darshan. And I did not even wish for it. However, the Fakir himself encouraged me to the outset to have it, so that I may get back my money. And it is just possible that he, by vowing to whom I regained my wealth so effortlessly, is going to be tempted by my darshan of 35 rupees? On the contrary, he makes us the ignorant men eager for spirituality in our own interest. He strives all the time to bring us the right path under such a pretext. Only for the purpose is this avatar. Or else, how would we, the lowly creatures, without any devotion, be able to get across the ocean of worldly life safely? Just think about this calmly. And so, after regaining the stolen wealth, I was so overjoyed, I consequently forgot all about my vow. Hard is the temptation of wealth to resist. See, this is a line, isn't it? Later on, once while I was in the Kolaba site, that is the present Raigad district of Maharashtra, I saw Sai in the dream and I set out to Shirdi at once. What Samar described as his journey, the refusal of permission to enter the boat and the averting of the difficulty by the sepoy's effort, all that is true. These were all my problems. When I reached the spot where the boat stood, some sepoy really pleaded for me. Only then did the officer of the boat who had earlier turned down my request oblige me by giving me a place. That sepoy too was a total stranger. Yet he said that he knew me, therefore no one stopped us and we sat in the boat quite happily. 
such as the story of the boat and the sepoy which through it had happened to me this side took it upon himself thinking of this marvel my mind is simply nonplussed and i realize that sai fills the entire universe not even a tiny atom of space on this earth is without him as he gave us the experience so will he give others too who are we and from where we have come but how great is our good fortune that he has instantly pulled us out us together uh, himself and brought us in the right path thereby oh that we should have taken a vow that our wealth should have been stolen and what a marvel of the manner of the fulfillment of our vow how effortlessly the wealth was regained how great how inconceivable is our good fortune never did we have his darshan before nor meditated on him and had ever heard of him and yet he remembered us Oh, how blessed then must be those devotees of God who have been engrossed in the company for years together and were serving Him day and night. Rare indeed is the good fortune of all those whom, with whom Sai sported and laughed and sat, talked and walked, ate, lay down, or with whom he got angry. Although no service was rendered to him at our hands, yet he was moved with such deep compassion for us. Then how blessed is our good fortune who are constantly in his company. When all your good and meritorious deeds you have, I feel molded in them into human form, and thus, oh, you highly fortunate ones, have brought this figure to Shirdi. Yeah, yeah. I I just want to tell you something. Sometimes it may so happen that the person, like say for example, the case of Tukaram and his wife. His wife was not even aware who Tukaram is. In the same way, you will find that nobody knew Nisargadatt Maharaj. He used to be sitting, you know, Nisargadatt Maharaj was sitting in South Bombay, and he would be sitting in his store and just sitting the whole day. People would come and go. Nobody knew who he was. Then what happens to these people is, the sages are never recognized by anybody. Even if like Krishna was there in Dwarka, but did anybody recognize him? Nobody knew who he was. The same. When Sri Ram was concerned, he looked like a king. Now, even if today, if you ask anybody in this world who is not a Hindu, who doesn't who doesn't know much about Ramayana, they will say, "Ha, huh, there there was this story of yours called Ramayana, and Ram was a king." Beyond that, they are not going to say anything beyond that. They don't know. So, in the same way, what happens is Jesus. Today, we try to say Jesus is God, God is Jesus, and all those things. But how many people actually believe in that? Hardly anybody believes it. It is all about faith, isn't it? At the end of the day, how much is your faith? It is the faith which makes us believe in anything. So, even if you think that there is somebody in this world like that, it is the faith in that individual that will make it shine. Otherwise, he is like a normal human being. So, Ram will be just Raja Ram. Nobody else he is not Ram God. He is some human being. Okay. So. The most virtuous Sai is himself an avatar, conducting himself as a great Vishnu devotee. He is truly the shoot of the tree of knowledge and a veritable sun in the sky of in the sky of knowledge. And the great great indeed is our merit that we have come across this Masjid Mai and that he has got our vows fulfilled from us while simultaneously giving us darshan. To us, this is our Datta, and it is he who has commanded us to observe the vow. It is again he who has made us place for us in this boat and has brought us to Shirdi for his darshan. In this way, Sai had given us awareness of all pervasiveness, his dwelling in the heart of all and his omniscience. Looking at the smiling countenance has brought great joy to our hearts. We forgot those woes and cares of this worldly life and could not contain our blissful happiness. 
May our mind accept resolutely that whatever is destined, let it happen. But may our loving devotion at Sai's feet remain forever, and may his sacred form always be before our eyes. How unfathomable, how incomprehensible is Sai Leela, and so boundless his favor. I feel that I should surrender to you this, my body, O gracious one. But now listen to another story attentively for a moment. The letter that came from Sai's mouth was proven indelible as the writing of the Brahmadev himself. Sakharam Aurangabadkar, who lived in Solapur city, was e eager for a son, so his wife came to Shirdi. Having heard of this wonderful life story of the holy saint Sai Baba, she came to the darshan, bringing her stepson with her. Twenty-seven years had passed since her marriage and yet there was no child born to her. She was tired making vows to various gods and goddesses and was totally dejected at heart. And so this Suvashini came to Shirdi for the purpose of taking Baba's darshan. However, a doubt arose in her mind. How will I find Baba alone since he is always surrounded by the devotees and how can I convey to him my heart's wishes? She was worried. The mosque was open and so was the courtyard. There were always devotees around Baba. How can I find one private moment to relate to him my eager heartfelt desire? She and her stepson Vishwanath by name stayed in Shirdi for two months serving Baba faithfully. Once when Vishwanath was alone, else was no, uh, no one else was near Baba, listened to the lady's entreaty to Madhavarao. Please at least you convey to Baba my ardent wish when he is at peace and ease at the moment at the proper moment. But you tell him this only when he is alone and not surrounded by his devotees in such a manner, <coughs> as nobody can ever hear it. Madhavarao replied, Look, this mosque is never empty. Someone or the other keeps coming all the time for Baba's darshan. This Sai Darbar is open to all. No one is forbidden to come here, but I will tell you this much. Try to understand it. To try is my job. The giver of success is God. In the end, only he gives peace and your worries will vanish. However, you must sit in the Sabamandap below on a stone with a coconut and an incense stick in hand when Baba sits down to his meal. After his meal, when I find him in a pleased, relaxed mood, I will signal to you. Only then you should come up. By and by, when the opportune moment came on one occasion at Sai's meal was over, suddenly such an opportunity came. When Sai had washed his hands and Madhura was wiping them dry, seeing Baba in a cheerful mood, just see what he did. With a sudden gush of affectionate love, Baba pinched Madhura's cheek. Listen to the loving dialogue that followed on the occasion between God and his devotee. Courteous that Madhura always was pretending to be angry, he said to Baba jokingly, Is this really proper? We do not want such a mischievous God who squeezes the cheek so hard. Are we in any way obligated to you? Is this the fruit of our intimacy with you? In all these 72 generations of our association, Baba said, Have I ever touched you with my hand? Just try to remember. Madhavara said, We want a God who will always give us ever new sweet meats to eat when we are hungry. We do not want either your honors or your aeroplane from heaven. Give me only this one gift that I remain grateful to you forever. Baba said, It is only for this that I have come here and began to feed you all, because of the tender affection I felt for you. After this, Baba went and sat on his seat near the railing. Madhara gave the signal to the lady who at once became alert to the accomplishment of her purpose. On receiving the signal, she got up immediately and hastily going up the steps, stood courteously before Baba with great humility. At once, she offered the coconut and bowed at the feet. Baba banged the coconut against the railing with his own hands and said, Shama, what does this coconut say? The coconut is rattling too much. Shama sees the opportunity instantly and see what he said to Baba. The lady is saying in her heart, may it similarly rumble in my stomach and may it really happen what she is saying. May her heart be attached to your feet forever and her puzzle be answered. 
Please look look upon her graciously and put the coconut in her lap on her sari. By your blessing, may sons and daughters be born to her. Then Baba said to her, "What do coconuts produce children? How do you nurture such superstitions? People seem to have gone crazy." <laughs> it's the same thing, you know, when some fruit is given and you think that is going to give you children. It is nothing but faith. Remember this. It is only faith which creates that object. Shama said, "Oh well, you know the power, the marvel of your words. So priceless they are that a long train of children will follow all on its own. <laughs> But just now you are making a differentiation and not giving your genuine blessing. You are arguing needlessly. Give, oh, give her that coconut as prasad." All right, break the coconut," said Baba. "Oh, give it in her lap," said Shama. And the argument continued for a while in this manner. While well, ultimately Baba gave in, she will get a child. Now go," he said. But Shama persisted. "But when? Please give an answer." And when Baba said, after twelve months, he broke open the coconut with a bang. Then both shared half of it, returning the remaining half to the lady. Madara said to her, "See, you are a witness to my words." If you do not deliver a child before the twelfth month from today is over, just listen to what I will do. If I do not bang this coconut in the same way on his head and send him this god away from this mosque, I will give up my name, Madhav. <laughs> such is the faith of Madhav. See, I will surely not allow such a god to remain in the mosque, and you will get the proof of it right time. No, this is my firm resolve. On getting such an assurance, the lady was very pleased at heart. Prostrating in obeisance before Baba, she then returned to her village with a peace in mind, knowing how deeply attached Shama was to him. Sai, who was tied of bonds of love to the devotee and whose wishes he always fulfilled, he was not angry with Shama in the least. To prove the words of the devotee, the compassionate Sai, the only refuge of all who surrendered to him and himself, kindness incarnate, he always fulfilled very lovingly the promises made to his devotee. By his devotee, Shama is my favorite among my devotees. But he, in his affectionate love, does not know what is proper or improper. But it is the promise of the saints to fulfill the resolve that the devotee makes. And so, when twelve months were complete, Baba fulfilled his own resolve. When only three months had passed after Baba blessed blessing, the lady became pregnant. Fortunately for her, she bore a son. And when he was five months five months old, she came with him with her husband to Shirdi for darshan. Her husband also worshipped the feet of Sai Samad with great joy and with gratitude in the heart. Offered five hundred rupees rupees to Baba. This same money Baba utilized later to build the walls of the place where his horse Shamakarna is tied at present. Therefore, contemplate on this Sai, remember him, and meditate upon him. To him are his forever the refuge. Do not run along in search anywhere else. Where there is a musk in one's own navel, why wander about for it? Hemad is constantly absorbed at Sai's feet and enjoys boundless happiness. The next chapter is even more interesting than this, as to how the loving devotee would joyously bring Baba in this procession from the mosque to the Saudi. Similarly, the story of Baba's handi distribution of prasad and other humorous stories will come in the next chapter. Listen to them, all listeners, with eagerness to hear them will increase. Will be to all here ends the thirty-sixth chapter of Sri Sai Samarsat Charitra called Sai's all pervasiveness and the fulfillment of his blessings as inspired by the saints and the virtues and composed by the devotee Hemad Pant. <laughs> so we have come to the end of the chapter.